Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Article is the easiest way to make sure your space looks beautiful. This direct-to-consumer company combines the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. If you're new here, hi, welcome. We talk about Article all the time. It is literally my favorite place to shop online because you don't have to sacrifice the quality of incredible furniture. I'm a home decor junkie and it ships amazingly and you don't have the retail markup, okay? Article's team of designers focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. They're inspired by a variety of modern design aesthetics like mid-century, Scandinavian, industrial, and bohemian. And like I said, you guys, fair prices. You save up to 30% over traditional retail prices. Article is able to keep their prices low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. No showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. You guys loved that couch that I posted on my Instagram story a couple months ago, like the white L couch. That was Article. It literally came in like record timing and was amazing. It's fast, affordable shipping available across the USA and Canada and is free on orders over $999. Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash mood and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash mood to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth and Today, I am so excited because we have an amazing current mood combo. You guys are going to meet my new literal spirit animal, Topsy, who is a leadership and mindset coach for entrepreneurs and executives earning six and seven figures. She helps you just like crush negative thought patterns and behaviors using emotional intelligence and mindset strategies as the foundation of her work with her clients. We talk about everything from emotional intelligence to people pleasing to imposter syndrome, breaking your patterns, and just you guys, it is the most inspiring and motivating conversation you're going to hear all week. I literally, it changed my entire week. Like she was a mood booster. Like I want to put her in the mood booster section. You guys are going to learn so much from this conversation. It's so much fun. She's absolutely hysterical. We actually also recorded an episode on her podcast. So make sure you check out her podcast as well, because I will be a guest and I had a really, really good time. So if you guys like this current mood combo, I think you'll like that as well. But before we dive into all of that fun, I know I got you super excited. Let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. So my best mood this week was regaining confidence in myself and like if we're going to be completely honest here, since we talk about our feelings and everything, I'm a really insecure person. I know I don't maybe come off that way to everyone, but I am like a deeply insecure person that just, you know, we've talked about it in the past of just kind of like all those just things you believe about yourself where you're not enough and you're just not the best. You suck at everything. Oh my God, I'm the worst. It's just stupid stuff that runs through your mind, just negative thought patterns. And for some reason, 
like over the past few days, something has just kind of like clicked and switched in me. And I've, I noticed it happening organically. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's just kind of the environment that I'm in and what I'm doing with my time, but I just really felt like, oh my God, I'm an asset to people and I'm valuable and I'm good at things. And I like things that I do. It, it, it's just, it almost is weird to be confident because I'm so like, I need to be humble. I need to be humble. But I think it's like, you're allowed to value yourself and you're allowed to think that you're worthy and you're allowed to be confident in what you do and your purpose and your why and your just your life and your being. And I feel like I've really started regaining this confidence in myself and feeling just good about myself, which which sometimes is really, really, really hard. So the fact that it kind of started happening organically and things just kind of the universe was just like putting things into my life to just kind of reignite that flame within me was such a freaking best mood. Like I wish I had a step-by-step guide of like how I got to this best mood of feeling so confident and good about myself and okay. Um, but I don't have that yet because it, it I feel like I got lucky but I'm enjoying it. I'm riding the high because we all know it is so easy to be insecure and unsure and have all these limiting beliefs. And so I'm riding the high because I feel really confident. I noticed I was feeling confident. Even like an hour ago, I was thinking, yeah, no, like I'm good at that. And I got this, like, I got this. I wasn't worried. You know, I wasn't living in that scarcity space. I was just feeling very capable and okay. And I think that that's something to be proud of and value about yourself. And my worst mood was similar to kind of what I talked about last week, because I was talking kind of about how I didn't want to spend time alone. I didn't want to be alone. I was doing everything for everyone else. And I think the worst mood was realizing, okay, so I did spend the time alone and it was really, really good. But there were these little moments where I found all I'm doing is distracting myself until the next thing. I'm not really leaning into my alone time as much as I possibly could. So I'd made the first step of actually spending the time alone, but then the second step of kind of, okay, what do I really want to do with this time? How do I spend time with myself that's meaningful and not just distracting myself on something like TikTok? So I'm not there yet. It's a little kind of just a worse mood because I'm just like, wow, like, do I really not know how to just be by myself? Like, what do people do? I even asked my therapist, I was like, I don't want to get like 500 hobbies. Like, I I don't know what to do besides watch TV and work. That's all I know how to do. And so I've been trying to like spend more time with myself. And obviously I know how to socialize, you know, spend time with people. But my worst mood was like, wow, like I I don't know what I do with myself. So we're going to figure that out because I do like spending time alone. I think it's great for recharging. I think it helps you find your purpose and your why just in every other aspect of your life. I think it's important to spend time alone. That's mindful or even mindless, both are important. And so my worst mood was that I had these like little moments of freak out of, oh my God, what do I do? What, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like nothing, I, 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 what I said to my therapist is I crave the chaos. I crave, oh my God, there's something happening. I need to go, 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 go. And that's why I've been really good at work, but that's not good in your personal life all the time. So that was my worst mood of just like craving chaos, not knowing what to do by myself, But, you know, to make the worst mood better, I at least did spend the time with myself. And I think it was a learning experience. And now we're kind of on to the next phase of, okay, we're halfway there. Let's figure out the rest of it because it's important and we'll figure it out together. If you dream it, you can do it, right? If only self-fulfilling prophecies worked for hiring for your team. When you partner with Indeed, building the right team is that simple. 
If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Assistant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of qualifying candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for the quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it takes all the stress and uncertainty out of hiring. It is literally so hard, you guys, to hire people, especially when you're a small business or you're growing your business. It's just, I, it's scary. The internet is like overwhelming and you know, it's hard to figure out which platform to go to and what to use. I love how Indeed has everything in one place and they're with you every step of the hiring process. So it's not just like, okay, give me a bunch of resumes that help me fit what I'm looking for. They actually help you with the virtual interviews and assessments. Like it is seriously amazing. I wish I invented it myself, but I get to use it. Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide, and Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash mood. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash mood to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash mood. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For mood boosters this week, my first one is maybe silly to some people, but it's actually a little bit more meaningful than it sounds. So <laughs> it's flowers. And I know that sounds like a little silly nilly. And it's like, oh my God, buy yourself flowers. Flowers are pretty. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like you could easily make fun of flowers being a mood booster, but I'll explain why I love them. A, obviously, like you guys know, I love home decor. I love when my space feels nice and cozy and clean. And so a mood booster for me was really like waking up on Saturday morning and just kind of like deep cleaning my entire apartment. And I went to the grocery store and got flowers and it just like elevated the sense of cozy home mood boosting vibes so much. And I think the reason that's even deeper than just that kind of what I just said, that's kind of usual, you know, like obviously you want to take care of your space and make it feel cozy and homey and flowers are pretty and they're just all that stuff. It was this moment where I feel like I accepted where I am and I wasn't trying to get anywhere else because I feel like I'm constantly traveling. I'm constantly going back and forth. And I, I live in this very scarcity, people pleasing mindset. And so for me, as silly as it sounds, getting flowers and putting them in my apartment was this moment of self-acceptance of you are here, you are present, you are allowed to take care of yourself and your environment in the present moment, even though you're not here forever, you're not here for a long time, you're here right now, and you can make it as beautiful and as mood boosting and as feel good as possible, even though it's not forever. I feel like I always have this thing of very black and white thinking. It's like, if I'm not here forever, then I'm not here at all. And I found this middle ground of really taking care of my space 
and taking care of myself and leaning in and being present in my environment, which is with my type of OCD anxiety, I think is really important because or else I just really isolated, bury myself in my phone because I don't want to look at the mess and the ugh around me. So instead I cleaned it up. I boosted my mood. I got flowers and it was just this little moment where I was very proud of myself. And I realized like, wow, like I'm really here. Like I did it. I, I talked to my mom about it. Like I, it really was meaningful to me and it really, really boosted my mood. So maybe you don't relate to the exact flower aspect, but maybe there's something that you could change in your environment or accept or do that maybe you only do when you feel your best and you love everything that's going on around you and your apartment is perfect. And one day when you buy the house of your dreams, you'll organize it. It's kind of that how we talked about organizing your stuff under the bed. So it's really hard for me to be present and accept my environment sometimes. And I feel like these are just small little things that are really, really tangible and easy, but also meaningful and will really, really boost your mood and take you to the next level to continue boosting your mood. My next one is actually kind of similar because it goes along with the flowers in the grocery store is acts of service. You guys know I freaking love acts of service. I love doing things for other people. And I feel like with the pandemic and stuff over the past couple of years, we haven't been doing as many like gatherings and like hosting and stuff like that. It's been a slow kind of getting back to normal, but I finally have had like a few kind of get togethers that I've been invited to with literally like my best friends. But I still am who I am, you know, and I want to do things for other people. It's not like I have to impress these people. I've been friends with them for 12 years, but it's not about that. It's about, it makes me feel good. It boosts my mood and I want to make them happy. And in return, it makes me happy. And so not only did I get flowers for myself, I made a little flower arrangement for one of my best girlfriends because she hosted us at the Super Bowl. I made sure I was in charge of getting all the groceries and the snacks when we went up to Michigan the other weekend, just like making sure I'm contributing and doing things for other people and just having those little acts of service of if you need something, I got you. You got me something, I get you a thank you card. Just little things like that, I think are really small acts of kindness that boost your mood and just making sure you're being of service for other people because you also get out of yourself. You get out of your own head, you get out of your own shit, your own problems, and you get into someone else. Whether You could even, if you're like, oh, I don't wanna go buy something for someone else. That's not just what acts of service are. It could just literally like pick, be picking up the phone and being there for your friend. Um, and so I think just being more open to others and, you know, being my best version of myself for other people has been a really shift in my mindset because it's just helping me be a better version for myself, being able to share that person with the people that I love. And then my last mood booster, like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, let's keep it a hundred P real as fuck. TikTok has been a mood booster for me. I know it's not the healthiest thing. I know it's not the most mindful thing, but life go ebbs and flows, you know, and you got to just ride the wave. And let me tell you, sometimes TikTok just boosts the motherfuck out of my mood. It's it's not great. Like I'm not sitting here being like, oh my God, TikTok is like a, the best wellness tool ever because it's fucking not. I'm sorry, I'm cursing a lot. I just want you to know how serious I am. It's because my algorithm is absolutely hysterical. And there's also a lot of stuff about like mental health on there, like little clips and stuff. So honestly, I really, really like it. Oh, I was going to play a clip for you guys. I'll put it on Instagram because it was just this woman talking about healing and how if you are healing from something, it makes you extremely strong because weak people don't choose to heal and they never will heal and they'll never deal with your shit. So anyone that thinks you're weak because you're going through a healing process or you're dealing with shit and you're working through it and you're sad and you're going through this like, you know, up and down process, it actually makes you one of the strongest people 
in the world because you're doing the work and you're putting your best foot forward. And a lot of people don't do that. And it's true. A lot of people don't. I mean, even just listening to this podcast, because it we do talk so much about like mental health and helping yourself and wellness and healthy, mindful lifestyle, that in itself, you're doing something that's a lot of people are never going to do with their life ever. Like it's crazy to think about because we're so in this bubble if we care so much about mental health, but there are people that will never do anything mindful, will always be people pleasers, will always have low self-confidence, will never take control and get tools to help them cope with the hardships of life. And so that came from TikTok, okay? That little inspiring session that I just feel good about, that came from TikTok. So fuck it. It's been a mood booster for me. I'm not making it a part of my routine. I'm not like addicted to it, but it's sometimes you just get in a groove with it and it's been boosting my mood. And I'm we just want to be completely honest with you guys because it's not all perfection. It's like, yeah, sometimes a mood booster is fucking TikTok. Okay. You guys know how much I do love ritual because gaps in your diet shouldn't be ignored. I mean, over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D in their diet and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega threes. I mean, personally, I think it's just like such a misconception that you can get all of your vitamins and nutrients from food just because you genuinely can't with the world that we live in right now. And it's so important to get that stuff in your body, you guys. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in diets of women ages 18 plus. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But you guys, Ritual didn't stop there. They invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. You guys know that that literally geeks me out. I love a clinical trial so much. It's not easy to get a clinical study published in a leading scientific journal. So they did that and it's a big deal and a serious commitment to a first of its kind standard in the industry. They're committed to third-party testing, you guys, USP, non-GMO project, traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients and always clear communication. It's literally, there's never any shady stuff. I love it because it's super simple. It's super easy. Like I said, I geek out about ingredients and all the science and all that stuff behind the scenes. And Virtual is so transparent and I just love their story and their mission and knowing everything that I'm putting in my body and they do such an incredible job and it tastes like peppermint. It's not gross. It's so easy. And we love a one-stop shop situation right now. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash mood and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash mood. If you guys don't take a multivitamin, what are you doing? Go do it. Okay, guys, now let's jump into our current mood combo with Topsy. You are going to absolutely love her. Seriously, let's just, I can't even say enough nice things. So let's just jump into it. Welcome to the podcast, Topsy. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because not only are you BFF with a mutual BFF who was just on my <laughs> podcast, Kenzie Elizabeth. I love Kenzie. She literally texted me. It was like, you need, yeah, she's like, you need to have her on your podcast. And I was like, okay. And we also just recorded your podcast. Oh my gosh, so much and fun. And so we're just, there's content, content, content. But I'm so excited to have you here because you are a mindset coach specifically for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But I just also feel like you have so much valuable insight into oh. just even, you know, regular working girls, anyone listening, there's so many incredible topics that you cover. And I did see that you on your website or somewhere, something Uh that you are a retired therapist, but now coach. Yeah. So can you explain to me a little bit about your background and kind of like how you, like why, 
you kind of stopped maybe doing, I don't know if maybe you did one-on-one yeah. -on -one talk therapy yeah. and now you do coaching. So tell, yes. tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, girlfriend. I know I will. What the fuck is up, y'all? So I am Topsy <laughs> motherfucking Vanden Bosch. Get it right. Get it tight. Um, I am a mindset and emotional intelligence coach for business owners. And I help business owners identify the cr and identify and crush the source of what's keeping them stuck in behavior patterns that no longer serve them in entrepreneurship. And I got my start, um, oh my God, as a licensed clinical mental health therapist. That's my background. I don't practice therapy currently. Um, we'll get into that, but I do love therapy. I love mental health, all things. Um, but I did it for so long, um, I think. And I think that when I was in my bachelor's degree, I remember my professor telling me that in social work, because that's my that's my degree is in social work. In social work, it's normal to change your mind. It's normal to hop from job mm -hmm. to job for many reasons. Burnout, the amount of pay, all the things, no longer being passionate. Um, you know, the the population that you're serving might increase the burnout because mental health and substance abuse and a lot of those things are goes go hand in hand. And so that permission for me, I think, is what allowed for me to feel comfortable with switching gears whenever something just was no longer lighting me up. And so mm -hmm. I want for y'all to know not to subscribe to bullshit beliefs about what you're allowed to do um, in your career because what they know is what they know. If you have a boss or a supervisor, or if you're a business owner even, and you feel like, well, I can't pivot, I can't change. Why? You're a human being that is ever evolving, that's ever changing. So why would you put yourself in that box to potentially talk and serve people that you're no longer passionate about? Life is too fucking short, just being honest. And so that's something that I've always embodied in my career is the fluidity of being able to choose. And so I got my bachelor's degree in social work. And then I was like, well, um, I want to do talk therapy. I want to do therapy. I love people. I, my mom is a social worker. Um, she's a therapist at the VA. Um, my dad is a sociologist. And so I just grew up in a family that really valued education and just really valued understanding people. And so I think that this was just divine. This was ordained. I was always going to be in a helping field. And so after my bachelor's degree, I went to state, go green, go white. I went to state. I got <laughs> my clinical social work degree. I got licensed in 2013 and I have worked with every population underneath the sun. You guys, you name it, I've done it. I have been in the prison system. I've worked with adult men in the prison system as a therapist and case manager. I have worked in a substance abuse residential facility for adult men and women struggling with substance abuse. Um, and I did therapy there. Um, I have worked in um, emergency mental health um, I've worked in the hospital system as a um, clinical uh, therapist there um, in the ER. So I've done so much. And one thing that happened, I also owned my own therapy practice for four years and um, I loved it. Absolutely love it. And I do miss it. I worked with um, women who were struggling with depression and anxiety who were in their careers or business owners. And so I've worked with everyone from mm -hmm. Fortune 500 CEOs to just your average, everyday, hardworking woman. And I that work lit me up for a long time. But when it came to therapy, 
I did it for four years on my own. I was joined a group practice and then I eventually um, started my own therapy practice. And something I found was I just, I think what it was, was that mental health, it became really heavy. And it happened all of a mm. sudden where I have really good boundaries where I don't bring my clients like um, emotions and problems home with me. However, I started to feel like, is this all it is? Like, is this my only area of expertise or can my skill set also be used in a different way with a different population? in a different medium. And I didn't know what the fuck that mm. meant. And so I Googled the term mindset coach. I said, I don't want to diagnose people anymore. I don't want to um, practice individual therapy, but I do know that people can benefit from coaching. I do know that coaching and consulting go hand in hand. And sometimes people they need therapy for one area of their life, but in their business or their career, they just need help in moving forward. And so how does right. my expertise help people who may not need therapy for this particular thing they're experiencing because they don't have depression or anxiety stemming from it, but they just need to know like, what, ex what exactly is it that's causing for me to self-sabotage? So it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't as heavy. Mm but it wasn't heavy anymore. And so I, right. gave, I gave myself that permission to Google mindset coach. And I was really butthurt y'all when I found that everybody and their fucking mom, it felt like online was a coach. And I was like, well, how the fuck am I going to stand out? You know, I have this expertise. I know how to coach people. I know how to get people from A to Z. Um, but how do I do that? And how do I stand out in a sea of people who are just like me and who maybe have the same expertise that I have? And so I I was I just got gritty and I I started emailing like the mindset coaches. I found, oh my God, it's so embarrassing now. Like I wanted like them to hop on free fucking calls with me and share with me how they got to where they needed to go. And I remember one person in particular, Kate, she was like, um, that'll be, you know, $500 because she was a former therapist turned coach. Oh my God. Right. And it was like, cause I wanted to pick her brain. And now I understand, right? I understand like the importance of being compensated for the value that you're sharing. And she didn't know me from a fucking can of paint. So she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't owe me anything, right? And so I paid the $500. And after that, my whole life was changed. And I chose me. I chose myself. I could not... It was really embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. At the time, I felt embarrassed. I've actually never said this out loud to tell my other therapist friends that I was burnt out. It was really embarrassing. I actually felt ashamed for wanting to do something else that helped people in a different way. And I think right. your audience can probably resonate with your identity. My identity became so attached to being a therapist and what that did for me and what that how that helped people that it felt like I was selling out to use my skill set in a different way to reach people mm. who may never sit in the seat of therapy ever but they understand what it's like to bust through some of the things that are holding them back from where they want to go and so I just remember not being able to explain to anybody like why I was choosing what I was choosing and why I was pivoting but I think the real important lesson there was for me to just keep doing it even when I didn't see evidence that it was going to work 
I just remember like not charging what I wanted to charge because I didn't feel like people would pay for it. So there was so much, so many lessons that I had to learn on this journey that I'm just so grateful I said yes to, even though there were many times where I just was like, this isn't going to work. Nobody really cares, right? I'm sure your audience really resonates with that. You feel silly showing up on the internet, sharing your thoughts, sharing your tips, sharing your advice. And I think for me, it just was the catalyst to what allowed for me to truly blow up doing what really, really lit me up, what allowed for me to help a lot of people in a way that also serves me. And giving myself that permission was probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my career was choosing me. Yeah. I mean, I was going to, I was going to say the permission that you had from the get-go almost is pretty incredible because I feel that not a lot of people receive that permission Mm -hmm. or validation or even just idea that it exists um, until a lot later in life. Yes. I think that, you know, even as you said, like it might sound silly putting out your tips and all this, <laughs> this stuff on the internet. It's it's silly until you got <laughs> tons of followers so and true. success, right? Like it's it's I guess it's silly either way or it's not either way. So right? it's kind of almost like how we were talking about on your podcast, like the vanity for it. Yes. Is, yes. You know, it's like the ego out of it. It's like if you want to do it and you think someone's going to make fun of you because you have like four people watching it. Okay, that's great. But what if there's four million? Are you going to feel dumb then? No. So right? Do it, just do it. Just do it. Oh, I yeah. love that. Because I, mean, I think about it. It's so true. Like I remember it's, 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 I always tell my clients now, like – How you serve the few is how you're going to serve the many. And Mm. I have never forgotten that. It's like I remember when I used to have 15 people watching my stories. And this was in 2017, 2018. And I felt like a fucking moron every time because half of them (laughs) were people that were my friends. (laughs) And so they were not ideal clients, you know? And so, and I didn't want them buying for me because I'm like, I don't want to muddy up the waters in our relationship. And so it's, it's really important, I think, in entrepreneurship and Lauren, you probably agree to have this, I don't, I don't like to use the word humble because I believe that that's something the patriarchy has come up with to keep women small, but I think it's really important to be grounded. And to be grounded Mm. in what the truth is for you, in your mission, in who you are meant to serve, and show up even when it doesn't seem like no one is watching. Consistency Mm. will trump your expertise every time. Nobody will know that you can help them if you quit before the miracle comes. Yeah, I mean, I think that that applies in every obviously aspect of entrepreneurship, but also just in so many other parts of our lives with consistency. I was even thinking that there was this quote that I saw, it was probably from like Albert Einstein or something, <laughs> just consistency more valuable than intelligence or like something like that. Not Albert. Go um, <laughs> <laughs> <"Go> off. Go <laughs> uh, off, Albert. Go <laughs> off, Albert. <laughs> I need to start screenshotting things more because I clearly don't remember. But I I also think it's really what I do want to talk to you about too with when it comes to just coaching in general, because we'll get more into the mindset of everything. But I do find that I, I, it makes me feel just good Mm. knowing that you do come from that background and you have that training, you have that mental health understanding because there are, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying there are so many people, but I just think there probably are so many people that are coaching others or 
quote unquote experts on something that and you could even throw me into it if you want to, but I, I think of it more with like unregistered yeah. dietitians and yes, stuff like yeah. that, where it's just, you're coaching people by being like, get up, do this. Yeah. You know, and I, I love how you're coming at it from a place of emotional intelligence, yes. not just like wake up at 6am, drink your right. water, do this and you'll be making $500,000 by the end of the year. Like, yes. I just love where you're coming from with it too. You oh, know, like you want you. these people to be successful, but you also want them to be emotionally yes. well. Yes. And no. I think that that's two things that you don't often see. No. And at least I don't. You know, I, I agree. And I also think too, I see it more now because I'm in the community. I'm in the coaching community. And right. so I see it more, but I definitely agree. If you're not not in that world and your only exposure to it are the popular ones that kind of break outside the mold. Um, so AKA just throwing a name out there, Tony Robbins, mm. every coach is not like that. And I think what he does is so necessary and what he does is so needed. So I want to be very clear, but that's not my style of coaching. We don't need to right. hoot and holler at people. And this is just me. I'm not saying that that's what he does, but I think that we can become very, um, close-minded to what coaching can mm -hmm. look like if we've never seen the example of somebody that really resonates with us. Because my style is that it's not about me. It's just about me helping you get to where you want to go. What mm -hmm. is stopping you from feeling like you can get to the next level? in your business? And is it rooted in the truth or is it rooted in your emotions and your opinion? And that's where my mm. emotional intelligence um, uh, certification and training comes from is really allowing people to make incredible decisions as business owners from a space of using emotional intelligence, using their emotions plus logic to make the decision and really guiding and being that guide. It's not about me. It's about the, me helping them uncover what they already know is on the inside and putting words to it and them walking away with strategies to be able to handle that mindset struggle whenever it shows back up. That's the root of the work for me. So how do how does one know if they're even emotionally intelligent at all? So this is, I love this question, by the way, you go into the deep and I love it. So with the, <laughs> I, I fucking stand. So with the emotional intelligence, we get, it's a muscle. So we get to develop it. So some people are not as developed in certain areas of emotional intelligence. And so the certification that I got really focused on scientifically validated core skills that we need in order to you know, make great decisions in our career and in business. And so we just may not be aware of what even those skills are. One of them is emotional reasoning and your ability to not just make emo not just make decisions from emotions and just from facts and logic. You get to combine both of them to come to the best decision possible. And so I look at emotional Ooh. intelligence as a skill set. A lot of people, the reason why they don't, they think they know what emotional intelligence is, but it's because they already think they know it all. And they're not open to seeing mm. the areas in which they get to develop and improve. So for instance, in my in my in entrepreneurship, I'm just going to say that because it's just easier because those are the people that I primarily serve in entrepreneurship. One thing I talk about with my clients a lot is, OK, when you're not consistent, you start to feel like you're entitled to results that you have not put in the work for. 
So when we decide to stop showing up online, to stop, you know, to quit your podcast, I'm not judging anybody because I know we get discouraged. So I want to be very clear. But when we make that decision, that split second decision based off of the results we're not seeing, based off of the analytics that we're allowing to get to our heads, that is an opportunity to increase and improve your emotional intelligence skills. So is it actually true that no one gives a fuck about what you're talking about? No, it's not true. More than likely, it's not because you are not God. You don't have mm. a crystal ball in front of you. You don't know who's watching. Just because 70 people viewed the video and nobody commented doesn't mean that your work isn't valid. Does that make sense, Lauren? So like totally. that's what emotional intelligence is, is the ability of being able to perceive and manage and regulate our own emotions. And then we're able to recognize and help other people with that as well when we understand the way emotions work and how it impacts our decisions. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that I've definitely had to work through on my own and mm -hmm. therapy a lot, being able to, I love how you use like the classic reframing thoughts example. Of yes. Just, do you know that that is a hundred percent true? And you could, I, I love when I do it even with friends and they're like, well, I mean, it could be, and I'm like anything, like, do you know for a absolute fact that you are going to fail? Like, right. You simply cannot know. You don't. Because like you said, you are not God. You yeah. like, literally cannot know. <laughs> And so I always love reframing with that. I love doing it to other people. Oh, I think for sure. I was doing it to my mom in the car last week. <laughs> I was just like, do you know 100% for a fact? I'm you do not. Weak. So like, you know what I mean? Like getting, I'm weak. I mean, she's my mom. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. have to be like bitchy with it, you know? <laughs> I was like, do you know for a fact? No, you don't. So get over it. Like, <laughs> so that is why I'm not a mindset coach. I'm dead. Um, I'm dead. I will yell at you. I'm dead. But... <laughs> But listen, I mean, we all obviously have like we do. our own emotional stuff that that comes into work and all this stuff. So I love that you're combining it with work yes. because I think even just the day and age we live in, everything's very much work, 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 yeah. or just performance. Even when you yes. said consistency, my, my thought was, oh, I, I feel like someone could maybe think this with just wellness routines oh, or working big out and stuff, stuff like that. You know, I think it all kind of actually it does. goes to the, it, it all relates to each other. You just happen to deal with people that make yes. insane amounts of money. Yeah. Um, yes. No, but you and, can absolutely extrapolate needing to develop emotional intelligence skills to other areas of your life. So when we yeah. quit working out after a month because we're not hitting the goals that we originally intended after that month, is that actually fair to do? Because here's the thing, mm. your body has been the way it's been and has operated the way it has for many, many years before you decided to change things up. So why would you expect that within one month, it's just going to be magic. What if there's other shifts and changes happening in your body that have nothing to mm -hmm. do with your goal weight? What right. if? And I think too, it's yeah. And it, I feel like it could be like sleep or Anything. like meditation, yeah. right? Like just the consistency of any of it and just quitting it is probably all correlated to this. Oh, right? it's very core. We are, we want instant gratification. At our core, we want to mm. know that we belong. We want to know that we matter. We want to know that our actions are leading to the end result that we're working towards. And when we don't see evidence of that, we get discouraged and we want to quit. And that's the time that you shouldn't quit. Keep going, even if it's imperfect, because perfection was never required. Do you, do you help your clients or just anyone that is struggling with this in a sense of 
because you mentioned, you know, when we don't see evidence. Yeah. And I feel like as an imperfect human being, my first thought is like, okay, but when do I get evidence then? Oh, you know, like when do like, so what is, what is that kind of like, what would you tell me in a sense of probably to reframe my thought process? Because I have a feeling that you're going to tell me something Mm -hmm. in a sense of like, there's not always going to be evidence Mm -hmm. or what you think is evident. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that like when you're going through something hard, it's just kind of like, we are looking for the evidence because you, like you said, like, I, I want to know that I'm doing the right thing. I want to know that I'm making the right choices, but I feel mm. maybe like I'm not succeeding, whether it's in relationships yeah. or work or consistency of just like taking care of myself. Like, I, what am I supposed to be looking for? Mm. Or is it really just, I need to be constantly reframing my thoughts. Oh, this is really good. I think number one, really look at the evidence that you're missing. We are way more likely mm. to focus on our pain, to focus on our our sorrows, to focus on what's not going well, than to focus on how things I are love working. That. <laughs> we're way more likely. I love that. We are hu- we're we're humans, and that then that primitive part of our brain likes to bypass. That's what I that's what I call it. We like to bypass the evidence that shows it's working and go more towards the standard of perfectionism that's impossible to reach. So I think number one, what exactly is it that you are seeing as success that is not fair? Like, how is that serving you? How is it serving you to focus on your absolute end result as being the only indicator that things are working? Because homie, shit is working. You're just choosing not to see it that way because it's not coming in the package that you wanted it to. Period. Period. We got to be honest about that shit. Like, I feel honestly like exposed. Like if my therapist was listening to this conversation right now, she'd be like, yeah, I could have told you that. Like that's your problem. You know what I mean? Because like even, you know, when, when someone's giving me advice, it'll be like, okay, but like, look at all these good things. And I'm like, no, let me tell you what is wrong and what is bad. Cause I'm also, like you said, perfectionism. I'm like, I want to like make everything perfect. I want to succeed. And I saw something on your Instagram Uh about perfectionism. Wait, hold on. It was this. Are you ready? It says reminder. Perfectionism is the cousin of self doubt and the sister of anxiety. Oh yeah. So you just described my family tree. I'm weak. <laughs> and you know, that's really funny because I'm not going to lie. It makes me cringe that you read that. And I love that you did because back then I really didn't think that people cared about that content. I think that was maybe in 2019 when I made that. And it makes me itch to hear it, but I know that it resonated with so many people. You see, you guys, everything comes back around. It's exactly what we were just talking about. Yeah. I was focusing on what was working. I know. Um, I also think the other thing too, that helps people stay grounded when you start to feel like where's the evidence is I, I share with my audience and I teach my clients, what are the other metrics of success outside of just that one Mm. thing that you're zoning in on? What are some of the other signs, other types? Okay. So let's talk about, so when we're talking about if you are a business owner, that runs their business using social media. What are other metrics of success that you can have outside of applications that you're getting for people to work with you? So for me, I really look at the engagement I look at how many people am I DMing and conversing with? Because y'all, we get hella entitled and we start to feel like we don't need to do the same things that helped us get to where we are. Can we just say that really Damn. quick? Damn. Right? I, I mean, mean, I mean, 
Lauren, 100%. you already know. I mean, you know how many people get to a certain point in their career. And I'm not clowning anybody because this is a normal emotion. But especially when we're talking about social media, we get fucking entitled. We feel like I've built yeah. this audience. I don't need to engage anymore. I don't need to DM with them anymore. I don't need to check in on them or see how they're doing or let them know I remember when they commented on my post about X because that shit creates diehard fans. And we forget those things. And so what are the other metrics of success that you can use that can help you know that things are moving in the direction that you want? And oftentimes it's our rigid thought patterns that really keep us stuck in pain and sorrow. And it's harder for us to find our joy. I mean, I, I love even just the word entitlement because I think that you, even just saying it to some people, they could say, well, yeah, I worked so hard for it. I am entitled to it now. And I just like love how you're reframing it and just keeping it grounded because it's like, why, why would you not do the same things that got you to where you Isn't are in the sense of like the good things that helped you, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think there's obviously room to probably like yeah. reshift maybe some oh, of your for priorities. Sure. For but, sure. Yeah. You know, I think that having that sense of entitlement just because you've worked really hard is, I love how you reframed that. And I think that I feel, I feel honestly, I'm almost the opposite sometimes. Mm. And I'm sure you deal with this a lot with people pleasers. Yes. And I think a lot of people that maybe aren't at the top of the food chain struggle with a lot of these like limiting beliefs oh, and people pleasing yeah. and almost just the disqualifying of yourself before yes. you can give others the opportunity to qualify you or not. And yes. so I kind of want to speak to that with you because I feel that that's as a young woman and a lot of other young women listening to this, I, or it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Age, it's so true. Security does come with time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just like, how do you, how do you, how do you help? Where would you even start if you're a people yeah. pleaser with a shit ton of limiting beliefs about yourself? Yeah, I think it's really easy when we people please to because what's happening is that you're becoming a shell of who you are and you're not being actually honest about what you truly desire and what you truly want. And I think mm -hmm. that we first need to reckon with that is that who are we without this validation? Who are we without feeling like we need to social climb? Who are you without that? And I think that when it comes to people pleasing, we forget that sometimes when we people please, we're lying. We're not being genuine. Mm -hmm. You know, think about it. Anytime I have done something because I felt bad if I didn't, it never really feels good. Like that's why I'm a big, I, I will say no really quick to an opportunity. Let's say somebody invites me to be on their podcast and because I told them I would love to be on it, the timing may not work for me, right? If I say yes and I, I know I really wanted to say no, I am going to feel like shit the whole time we're recording. I'm going to be resentful. I'm going to be annoyed. I'm going to be in a rush, right? So we have to start paying attention to what's happening in our bodies when we agree to something that we don't want to do. And how is that impacting your relationship with this person? Because more than likely, you're not going to want to talk to them a whole lot because you're going to feel taken advantage of, or you might start to feel resentful or bitter because you did them this favor that you didn't really want to fucking do. And I think when we can start looking at it in terms of this is who I am and I'm going to be consistently who I am, even if you don't like it. Because I think the reason why people pleasing happens is because we're afraid of rejection. 
We don't want people mm-hmm. to not like us. 100%. Right? But what power are you mm-hmm. giving people? You're giving people way too much power over you. Because if they are going to be pissed and not talk to you because you decided to do what you thought was best, then they're not your fucking people. I'm sorry. If someone tells me, no, I don't have the bandwidth, y'all, I love a good fucking no. Because that lets me know that this woman, (laughs) I mean, I love a no because I know that this woman or this, because I work with women identifying business owners. So I know that this woman knows what she needs. She knows that maybe she's not ready to Mm. invest, to work with me. She knows that she's not in a position to put in the time to do the mindset work. Because when you work with me, the shit is no joke. I mean, we do work. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to love on you, but I'm going to push you. I'm going to give you the accountability because that's what the hell you paid for. Right. And so I love a good no. So start looking at no's as being not right now's and start looking at no's as being so empowering that you're not gonna pretend because you want to be liked. Don't give your power away to people. Give it to yourself first and then the people that really love and appreciate you and resonate, they'll be attracted to be around you too. Quick break to talk to you guys about Missouri. Literally my favorite jewelry brand, you guys. Missouri makes fine jewelry for every day. But my favorite part is they have new limited edition drops every Monday instead of seasonal releases like more traditional retailers. So I am a jewelry addict and I get to go on their website and constantly see new stuff. It's not great for my bank account, but it's great for my like, um, I don't know, like emotional, mental health and just feeling and looking cute. So, and you guys don't worry. It's not crazy because it's minus the traditional 10 times markups. So it's fresh new picks at fair prices every week for every style. The pieces, like I said, are fairly priced, handcrafted, ethically sourced, and made to last. There's something for every budget for everyone, including women's, men's, and unisex pieces. I mean, it obviously goes without saying that fine jewelry is for everyone. And trust me, you will find something on Missouri. They have 14 karat solid gold staples that don't wear out or scratch easily because 14 karat is actually much more durable than 18 karat gold. So they're perfect gifts for those who don't want to think about taking their jewelry off like me personally, someone with an active lifestyle, someone that's just, I don't know, me, I, I literally go to sleep in all of my stuff. Like I, I have to. They also have stuff though that's really cute like freshwater pearls, responsibly sourced diamonds and milestone pieces. So they have pieces great for celebrating every day, every occasion, and just because. Also obviously birthdays, new job, engagement, you name it, there's something for everything. And there's also never a time where you shouldn't be getting jewelry, just saying. Need help deciding what to try? Try virtual shopping. You can live chat with a majority stylist one-on-one with any questions you might have. What's your style? Pieces for your lifestyle. How does a piece work with their existing collection? You guys, they got you. Visit Majuri.com and use code MOOD for 10% off your first order. That's Majuri.com, code MOOD for 10% off your first order. Back to the podcast. And I, I feel like you also have to respect a no too, you oh, know? You got to. Even- even if you want the yes so bad, I, I'm always just like, you know what? I respect your honesty, though, oh. that you're not like dragging me along for something that you don't even want to be doing. And then I always flip it back on when you said resentment, too. I think I, we're so funny when we talk about people that are, oh, my God, they're always taking advantage of me. They never offer to do anything in return. It's like well, you're people pleasing and you're not even recognizing yes. that you're you're the one offering all this these services of yourself to these people martyr, all the time like martyr you know like yeah look in the mirror yeah I, I i do think it's 
it's so yeah it's so interesting isn't it flip it on its head like that yeah and i think it's really hard to really admit that you can be a martyr i think that the more that we call a thing a thing i think we're in a society right now everyone's super fucking hypersensitive to every fucking thing and i'm over it you can't even like say Mm -hmm. anything because it'll piss somebody off and i'm just not available for that so here's what i'll say I think that when we can admit to ourselves, this is my behavior, I am acting like a fucking martyr. No one told me to sign up for that opportunity. No one told me to go for that promotion. No one told me to pitch myself for that opportunity. No one told me to say yes. So why am I then feeling resentment over decisions that I made? Own your fucking decisions. Mm. Self-responsibility, radical self-responsibility. That shit That shit kills people pleasing in its tracks. Once you can admit out loud what the behavior pattern is and call a thing a thing, it's hard. And I think also for a lot of people pleasers like myself, it probably is too. It's the how real the fear of not being liked and not and just being just you know like because it sounds so obvious. Like of course not everyone's gonna like you, right? Like you hear that, like you. Growing up, yeah. oh, not everyone's going to like you. Yeah. It's, you know, maybe you're not someone's taste. And it's just, but then there's that person in me where I'm like, I, no, but I can make everyone happy. And I can't, but it's like you said, like that I'm losing myself and then I'm just not being honest. And it's really at the end of the day, only draining and affecting me. Yes. So why am I doing it? It's just, it's mind blowing when you like talk logically about these things. It honestly is. And sometimes too, it, you guys start telling me. people, start telling people. This is something that I've also done in my life is tell, call me out if you notice that I'm dancing around what I want to say, because that is also another way to build your confidence is let the people that you love, like if they truly are in your corner and they fucking get what you're working through, if you're working on not people pleasing, hold yourself accountable. Tell that person, call mm. me in if I am making excuses. Um, my coach and one of my best friends, Tamasha Heibu, she'll probably listen to this. So Tamasha, she <laughs> she told me, I think I told her that I didn't want to do something. There was something I didn't want to do. And this was just like last week. And what she heard was that I didn't want to do it anyway. I was just making excuses. And she was like, just call a thing a thing. Just say, you don't want to do it because you don't want to do it. You don't have to come up with the reason why. And I was like, oh, it was the permission that I needed because I felt bad. Right. We allow our emotions sometimes to dictate whether or not we say no to something. But when you can just own it and say, I don't need to dance around this. I get to say Mm. no and let my no be a no. Nope, not right now. This doesn't align for me. Not right now. My schedule doesn't permit. But beyond that, you don't need to keep explaining yourself because it really isn't helpful for you or for that other person. And nine times out of 10, the other person doesn't give a fuck. But the reason is (laughs) they just are happy that you are being honest. If they're great people, they'll be happy that you're being honest. I know. I, I, as someone who also is just like so bad at like scheduling or like doing things the right way the first time, I also am just like, no, I won't be making up excuses. Like I'm genuinely just fucking up. So like, please know that I actually do want to see you. It's just like, it's actually not going to work this time. So I just get stressed out because I'm like, no, I'm over here being so honest. I love it. And just horrible at scheduling. Can everyone else just start being honest so that I don't look like the asshole? Yes, exactly. Like when you can own your shit before anyone else has to call you out on it. That's the best. Like, I was so grateful to my friend for just saying, like, just say no. And you don't need to have 
a reason to make it better. Those are the, those are the best type of friends. Oh my too, god! Obviously. Oh my I think god! That we can all recognize that of just people that you can be absolutely, completely honest with, and they can push you to be better. Yes. And, you know, I think that that's you know, if you don't have a coach at the moment yeah. for your mindset, yeah. maybe at least you can be honest, like you were saying, like give your friends permission. And I think it just starts with being honest. Like I think once I told my friends what the kind of just typical things that I would do in a relationship right. were, then when I got into another relationship, they were able to know that and knew that I told them, I gave them that permission to hold me accountable. And they yes. were like, we're concerned that you are doing X, Y, and Z again. There we go. You are not putting yourself first. You are not spending enough time with your friends and family. Yeah. You like you're way too emotionally available. And at first oh, you're like, oh I don't God. like this. Yeah. Uh, you guys are so mean. <laughs> like leave me alone. You don't know. <laughs> but they have your best interests at heart they and do. you can have challenging conversations. You can. And sometimes too, y'all, don't be afraid to stumble when you say no. It's okay to feel awkward or to not have the no come out right because that takes- Like your a first time having sex. Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm weak. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Was anyone's first time having sex like literally flawless? I'm no. fucking you stumbled. dead. You, Stum stumbled, you stumbled through it. You looked, okay. you looked silly. Probably you looked silly. If there was bird's eye view, you probably looked awkward. And it's the same thing with saying no for the first time. It might sound like, mm -hmm. a blah, 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 blah. I mean, I just don't think. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. You'll get through it. You'll sweat balls, but you'll get through it. And you'll feel so much better that you fucking said no, even if it didn't come out perfect. Amen. And I just, I gave you a very inappropriate no, I fucking stand. that you can use. Um, I, I fucking stand. Um, I want to talk to you about imposter syndrome yeah. and limiting beliefs. Do those go hand in hand or is imposter syndrome like totally separate? Um, and there you can just have limiting beliefs as well. Yeah. So, so the way that I look at limiting beliefs is that it's only a limiting belief if you believe that that belief isn't serving you. Because I think that sometimes okay. we just have, beliefs can be neutral. Right. Okay. So it's really about the impact that that belief mm. is having on the way that you move and on the way that you show up in your life. Okay. So I think that that is one of the differentiators I want for your audience to hear is that even if you have a belief that's different than somebody next to you, that doesn't make it wrong. Okay. That makes it yeah. your truth, but that's not mm. everyone else's. So I think the more that we're able to separate that, it can honestly create more self-love, more self-compassion, and just more empathy because we understand that our worldview is not everyone else's, and that's okay. So I believe that a, a belief is only limiting if it's negatively impacting us in a way that doesn't serve us and where we're trying to go. Yeah, and I think that, that my mm -hmm. first thought is, okay, well, I'm not good enough. And, of, ah. and 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 if I'm if I'm challenging you, I'm gonna say, well, that is my truth. And just because you're standing right next to me, you think that I am good enough. It is true to me. So maybe it's not limiting because it's true. Mm. See, that's I can be crazy for you. No, I so, love but that. isn't that imposter syndrome then? Because it's so bad. Because yeah. I know I'm wrong. So that's like, obviously that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely imposter syndrome because who has determined that you're not good enough for whatever? Where did that come from? So if you were a coaching client, what I would more so do is look at how has that belief served you? And more than likely it hasn't. 
more than likely with people, mm -hmm. it's really just held you back from the opportunities that you know you're qualified for, that you know you could have been pitching yourself for or putting yourself out there for. So I think that belief is limiting only because it's negatively impacting the way in which you show up in all these different areas of your life. Um, the other piece I was going to say is that it's also an offshoot of imposter syndrome, which for those of you listening, imposter syndrome basically is the feeling that you don't know enough, that you're not enough, mm. um, just period. It's this feeling of you're going to be found out as a fraud and that people are right. waiting to laugh at you. And again, I would really look at the imposter syndrome as just a sign that you need to get more comfortable with your purpose. You need to really lean into that. It's really easy to feel imposter syndrome and again, make your feelings the facts. But what if you decided- it almost, Yeah, what were you gonna say? Sorry, not to cut you off. Um, it almost just reminded me too about the honesty that we were talking about earlier yes. when saying no. Yeah. You know, because it's like and I love how that's why I love that you connected it to purpose. Yeah. Because if you really believe something, yeah, so wholeheartedly, you're not gonna be found out because it's just completely a hundred percent true because it's you and it's your purpose. And I've actually never heard anyone explain imposter syndrome like that. Oh like my truly God. ever. And I've I actually think that, never said that on a podcast. Because so usually they <laughs> well because usually it's kind of people make it very logical in a sense of like qualifications and stuff yes. like, Oh, well you can, and you try and yeah. you, can, you can, I'm sure well, you can well, be great well. at it and you can take <laughs> over the world one day. But when you relate it to purpose, it, I, you know, I always, I always give this, I would give this example to my one friend. I would say, however you're feeling right now, like the situation that we're in, let's compare it to going to church on Sunday. Yeah. Are you ever going to let anyone walk into your life and tell you to stop going to church on Sunday? Right. It's stupid. And it's not right. right. She's like, no, why would I do that? Like I've been going to church every single Sunday. Yeah. And I was like, so why would you like, if you believe this on the same level of like, this is your core system of beliefs, like that's how like strong in your sense. But I think it's so hard for people to know their purpose because mm -hmm. no one's ever asked us to know that before. No. It's always just like, how do you want to make money? That's what it is. And so when you, you can, know? yes, it's been very much um, financial metric focused focused. And it hasn't, I think that once we can learn, once we can figure out what are our core beliefs about the thing that we're doing, and then you latch onto that first. Okay. So when it comes to you pivoting, for instance, if somebody's pivoting into a new career, I think it's really important for you to sit around and think about what are your core beliefs regarding your ability to pivot into this career? Why do you believe that you're the best person? Why do you believe that that career field needs you? Why do you believe that this section of entrepreneurship needs your voice? When you can get rooted in your why, get rooted in your core beliefs and start to live that out, you will struggle with imposter syndrome a lot less because you know that you are living in your purpose and that, so for instance, no one can tell me that I'm not qualified to do what I'm doing based off of who coaching industry is unregulated. So what the fuck are you talking about? Right. I have more than enough. You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta be able to, and, and it takes yes. some self work. It takes some self work, but I think it's about rooting into what your core beliefs are. I know I have the training. I know that I have the skill set. I know I have the expertise to be able to help people move in, move future oriented towards their goals. So what you're saying to me is irrelevant. Because I know my power. I know that my work changes lives. So root into your core beliefs 
a lot of the time when you're feeling that imposter syndrome, go back to your why and what you truly believe. Once you operate from that, the imposter syndrome starts to naturally um, not become as intense because you're truly owning every part of why it is you're doing this. I hope that that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it does. It a hundred percent makes sense. I, it, I'm not saying it's easy though. No, it's, it's hard to And I think if you're definitely, if yeah. you're someone that struggles with imposter syndrome, you know, I think that it's it's almost like the what if game, right? Mm-hmm. When people with anxiety play the what if game, mm-hmm. it's like, but what if? But what if? But what if? And I feel like that's so easy to do with imposter syndrome as well. Just kind of go back and be like, but there could be someone better at it than me. And there but there always will be. But, and, but here's the thing. I think also it's really important for us to tell ourselves the truth, but find what your secret sauce is. Here's the thing. There's somebody that's way better at coaching than me. I don't give a fuck though, (laughs) because why? They're not me. They don't got the sauce Mm -hmm. like me. They have their own sauce. You feel me? So the people that decide to work with me is not just because of my skill set. It's not just because of my background. It's because they connect with me. That's something that can't Mm. nobody take away. There is only one motherfucking Topsy Vandenbosch in this world. And anyone who is lucky enough to be able to be coached by me, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) But it takes time. And like you have to totally also your self-talk on a daily basis. I only play and I can... um, um, if you're interested, Lauren, I can send you a link to the Spotify playlist I listen to every fucking morning. It's Ooh. a vibe. I really believe in your subconscious thoughts. I mean, you're into Marianne Williamson, so you probably are really aware of what you listen to on a daily basis either lifts you up or brings you down or makes you feel neutral. I prefer to be lifted up. And mm. so when I wake up in the morning, okay. I listen to gospel music because, I mean, hello, vibes. Um, gospel music, I listen to... <laughs> I mean, it's positive shit. It makes you feel good. You are worthy. You Hello, are old. vibes. <laughs> vibes. I listen to positive affirmation-based music where the undercurrent of the song, they're saying you are worthy. You've already arrived. There's nothing you need to do to earn your rightful place in these rooms that you're wanting to be in, right? And so when we can really have that be sunk into our spirit on a day-to-day basis, your whole world changed. As much as I fuck with Drake, as much as I fuck with Migos and all, I love that music. It's the shit. It's a bop. It doesn't make me feel empowered. And so as a business owner, I've really mm. had to pay attention to what makes me feel empowered on a daily basis. And it's not that. You know? I love that. It, it just reminds me how much it's people will always say the kind of your diet is what you listen to, who you hang yes. out with, the stories you tell yourself. And I, it's resonating more when you speak about it from an, a subconscious level, yeah. because, you know, even if I wake up and I scroll TikTok and like, there's these videos that are like so funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's probably not like the right vibe necessarily always yeah. for like what my yeah. self needs yeah. in a sense of like feeling motivated yes. and feeling inspired. Like sometimes it's just to laugh and it's entertaining and that's, and that's good. great. Yeah. But I think I, I think I definitely need to probably prioritize having something more like positively, like lifting mm-hmm. my subconscious, like just level of state, because it's very easy for me to just want to just distract, I see. Yes. you know, and yes. just like laugh or feel yes. different. And it's, 
I don't think it's elevating. I'm sure maybe it's it feels either, good. You're dragging me down or keeping me in neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, but it's not like elevating, yes. taking me to that like next kind of higher, better version of myself. It's just kind of keeping me sane probably most of the time, yes. but I'd love to be able to outgrow my insanity. I, first of Every once in a while. First of all, the, the word insanity, like literally <laughs> you're one of the funniest fucking people I have oh, I ever know. podcasted you're, with. You're, you're so funny. I forgot that you were a real... I forgot you were a real therapist. I'm not allowed to say shit like that. Oh, I don't My therapist gets I, I so mad at me. Oh, okay. I always say, I'm always like, oh, I'm a psychopath. She was like, like, do you actually think you're a psychopath? I'm dead. I was like, I don't know, but like, you know. I know, I know. <laughs> well, we're all imperfect beings. And honestly, sometimes we just need to lighten the fuck up. I mean, I know the context in which you meant it. I think it's hilarious. Um, what yeah, I was I also going to say um, is yes, like elevating your mood is super important. I don't think, I think that we undervalue how much that changes your positivity, even for the day. And I don't know if anybody in your audience is into uh, manifestation and those types of things, but all of that speaks into your subconscious. So whether or not you're religious, it doesn't matter. It's really about like, what is the vibe that you're bringing into your day? What's the energy that you're bringing into your day? Mm -hmm. I love to laugh. And I think, and I, I'm a jokester. I am all jokes all the time. And that makes me feel good. But I also know I need something else that also boosts my self-esteem, mm. you know? And when you have this daily, it doesn't need to be a routine, but this daily, I guess, yeah, daily routine of turning on music that makes you feel like a million fucking bucks. Where the fuck does imposter syndrome have room to live? I mean, it, it's literally being suffocated because you're just so full of your your mission, your purpose, your value. I mean, it's such a beautiful thing. I was listening to a song yesterday that was just like, black girl, black woman, you are magic. You are beautiful. Your melanin is beautiful. Your hair, your afro, your, your thick, your big lips. Like it was like, I was like crying because I was like, these are all the ways that I wish I would have been affirmed by society growing up because we live in a fucked up world, right? Where there's like discrimination, racism, all right. of those things. And so like how beautiful is it to be able to listen to something that just really makes you feel proud of being you, you know, that changes everything. I love that literally so much. <laughs> it is genuinely inspiring. Oh. And I think that the it, the perfect thing to end with is... I think that it's so nice to be inspired and feel lifted up. But at the end of the day, yeah. we all know that nothing will change yes. until you do. Yes. You have to break your own patterns. So yes. for anyone feeling just like super inspired or wanting to, what is just some piece of advice you could get give about, you know, being not being a victim to your own life and actually having the courage and how to break those patterns and kind of shift? Yeah. One of the biggest things is your community. Who do you have around you? Sometimes it's really hard for us to see the ways in which we self-sabotage. And so it really can take us to have a serious discussion, um, even if it feels awkward with the people that you trust the most, emphasis on trust, um, to really call you in to the patterns that are really self-sabotaging like you and sabotaging the success that you desire and the happiness that you desire. So number one, I think sometimes it is really helpful to have people outside of us call us in because sometimes that just 
is the little bit of oomph and push that we need to change. Um, I also think um, being able to pay attention to the little things you can do every day to shift your mood and to shift your perspective. So whether that's listening to an inspiring podcast, I think being mindful of, I love celebrity tea. I love those types of podcasts, but, and I also talk about celebrity tea at the beginning of my podcast, but I think that it's really important to have that balance of what is actually filling you up. So do one thing every day, you guys, that makes you feel good, that makes you feel incredible, and that allows for you to truly own your purpose. Because I think that we forget just how influenced we are by our environment. So what is in your environment that's influencing you? And I also think, lastly, um, is to build on top of your habits and patterns, um, because all of it matters. Who cares if you don't meditate every day? Who fucking said that meditation needed to look like silence? I fucking hate it. I mean, I can't stand meditation, to be honest. The way that it's marketed, fucking snore. Like, I would much rather... (laughs) I would much rather listen to my positive, affirming music and dance and get in my body. I love to twerk. I love a good twerk in the mirror. I love to twerk in the mirror naked. You know, because it gets, it really promotes body positivity and just you embracing all of your fluff, honey, all of it's good. And I think that the more that you can build on top of these patterns and habits and not focus so much on perfectionism, the more you can start to take your power back and not become a victim of your life. And you start to really take control of your life, even if it doesn't seem like it's doing anything. It it is. It definitely is. That I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm just... (laughs) speechless because you are absolutely incredible you are exactly what i needed today and just in general like i i know that everyone's going to absolutely love this episode so much because i feel so inspired and just am so grateful for your voice and message and just everything. And I have a feeling that everyone's going to want more Topsy because oh how my can God. not? Yes. So where can they find you? Where can they follow along? Where can they get more? Yeah. So I am most active on Instagram. I'm always acting a fool. I'll share educational tips about mindset and entrepreneurship and how to navigate some of the most common um, spirals and struggles and things that you'll encounter. And I just, I just uplift you. Um, I have... Um, email list. That's where you'll find me also being more vulnerable, sharing things that Instagram will never see or hear. I primarily serve um, women business owners. And so, yeah, I just love to help people. I love to share tips and strategies and things of navigating a lot of the common mindset struggles that come along with entrepreneurship that nobody likes to talk about. So if that sounds really good to you, I would love to have you on my email list. And then also I have my podcast, Crush the Mindset Spiral podcast. It's fucking lit. It's so much fun. And um, it's one of the best things I've ever created. So would be so honored if you downloaded and subscribed. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. This has been amazing. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Mood. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth for more mood boosters throughout the week to get you through to the next podcast. Also subscribe, give us five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave a kind review because we love acts of kindness and it'll boost your mood and my mood. It's a win-win. You can join our private chat in our community. It is in the show notes. It is a Geneva group. It's an awesome app where so many girls are just constantly chatting and I pop in every once in a while to say, hey, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.